The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Santiago's Estadio Nacional. It's normally a cauldron of sound, a non-stop throbbing sea of red, as Chileans cheer on their national team, La Roja. When the Chilean national team is playing, I mean, it could be a World Cup match, it could be a Copa America match, it could be a friendly, an exhibition, and it is like a national holiday. A World Cup qualifying match in a soccer-mad country like Chile puts even the most festive holidays to shame wild, emotional, full of anxious anticipation. So you would have expected Estadio Nacional to be erupting this November day in 1973. At stake for Chile, a final spot in the upcoming FIFA World Cup. But the stadium was practically empty, its wooden benches barren. The utter absence of fans, of voices, was a testament to the absurdity of the situation that was unfolding. Samuel Galvez remembers watching the game at home on a black and white TV. That was unbelievable. It's supposed to be the stadium full of people, but nothing like that happened. Nothing like that happened. Oh my goodness. (laughs) 
dressed in their traditional red tops and royal blue shorts, the 11 members of La Roja were ready to go. They lined up at the center of the field. The Chilean national anthem blared over the speaker system. The players seemed relaxed, confidently waving to the few thousand supporters that had turned out. It was a perfect South American summer day for soccer. The only thing missing? The other team. The 11 players from the Soviet Union were nowhere to be seen. Now, you might think you need an opposing team to play a World Cup qualifying match. FIFA, in 1973, it turns out, did not. So when the referee blew his whistle, the Chilean team made nine passes. None were particularly crisp or under control. The Chilean squad looked like a group of friends at a park. If you watch the video, you can almost see them giggling at the bizarre kabuki theater they were acting out as they casually worked the ball across midfield and deep into their opponent's territory. The Chilean captain, Francisco Valdez, ever so calmly kicks the ball into the unguarded net. Just 30 seconds after the opening kickoff, the referee blew his whistle and called the match. The game was over. The scoreboard made it official. Chile won the Soviet Union nil. For the first time in nearly a decade, La Roja was heading back to the World Cup. Yay. I've never seen anything like that since. You know, a a team have to score a goal without the opponents on the pitch, and that's how it ended in this, you know, weirdest forfeit ever. Chilean-American John Gonzalez says the absurdity of the match is etched in his mind. When we talk about the situation with the Soviet Union, that was a political event. That was uh, something that was beyond the sport. Chile's military dictator, General Augusto Pinochet, was no doubt celebrating. His brutal regime had dodged the bullet, all thanks to the lords of soccer. To understand what led to this empty net goal, this farce of a World Cup qualifying match, and why FIFA pimped out one of its games to prop up a violent authoritarian regime, you have to go back a few years before sports and global politics met on the pitch in Santiago. I'm Connor Powell. This is Episode 7, See No Evil. On this fateful September morning, the buses in Santiago were more crowded than usual. The passengers were in a foul mood, nudging and pushing each other for a little extra space. Some even hitched the ride on the outside, standing on the bus's bumper. Comfort at the expense of safety. A nationwide strike had been called in the summer of 1973 by truckers, taxi drivers, and middle-class shopkeepers. The transportation system was paralyzed. The economy was a wreck. Chileans were fed up and frustrated. The country was broke. No food, no milk, no nothing. That's Samuel Galvez, an American-Spanish-language radio host who grew up in Chile. As a teenager, he remembers his homeland as a stable, middle-class country. And yes, they were passionate about soccer. Chile had its problems, of course. Outside the capital, Santiago, the country was poor, and what wealth there was was distributed unevenly. 
But it wasn't an economic basket case or political tinderbox either. But it had become one by 1973 with a little outside help. The strike causing the traffic on this particular September morning was aimed squarely at the socialist government of President Salvador Allende. The Dr. Allende was a very nice politician, but was nice when he was in the opposition. When he took the power, that was a mess. Absolutely a mess. Allende had been elected three years earlier on a promise to redistribute wealth more fairly. The Soviet Union had sensed a new potential ally in the Americas. They made overtures. And almost overnight, Moscow and Washington opened a new front in their Cold War. But Allende's agenda was struggling. You cannot buy uh, cigarettes, bread, butter, anything, except if you have the ration card. That's, that was very difficult. To tackle inequality, Allende created new food and health programs for the poor, similar to the ones launched by his good friend Fidel Castro in Cuba. Allende expanded a plan to redistribute land to rural families, and he nationalized key industries like copper mining and banking. These sectors had long been dominated by American and European companies, and these masters of industry seethed at Allende's audacity. They warned that the Marxists would soon control not just Chile, but all of South America. Allende is really screwing us now. That's U.S. President Richard Nixon. He and his Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger, saw pretty much everything that wasn't American-style capitalism as a warning sign of creeping communism. The Soviets, they feared, were always lurking around the corner. If Allende should win the election in Chile, and then you have Castro in Cuba, what you will in effect have in Latin America is a red sandwich. And eventually, it'll all be red. Kissinger urged Nixon to move against Allende. I would go to a confrontation with him the quicker the better. According to historian Brenda Elsie, Nixon took the advice. The United States government, particularly Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon, immediately start to plan a coup attempt. The CIA began funneling millions of dollars to Chilean opposition groups, encouraging strikes to destabilize the country. Nixon vowed to make the Chilean economy, in his own words, scream. By the morning of September 11th, 1973, that fateful September morning, most of Chile was in a foul mood. And like the passengers crammed into those overflowing buses, their elbows were growing sharp. And that's when it happened. And then on September 11th, 1973, there's a bombardment of the presidential Palace La Moneda. Air Force planes flew low over the presidential palace and dropped their bombs with deadly accuracy. In the early hours of September 11th, 1973, the Chilean military had seized control of the TV and radio stations throughout the country. The generals demanded Allende resign. The socialist president's economic policies had been shredded in part by a not-so-covert CIA campaign. But even after the bombs dropped, he refused to hand over power. 
As tanks and soldiers supporting the military coup took control of the streets of Santiago, Allende made one last radio address. Viva Chile. Viva el pueblo. Viva los trabajadores. Long live Chile. Long live the people. Long live the workers. These are my last words. Salvador Allende talks about the tragedy of democracy being destroyed, that he still has faith in workers, in the working class. By 4 p.m., the streets of Santiago were quiet. Soldiers controlled all the key spots. The military was now in charge. The presidential palace bombed that day continued to burn. The pungent smell of the day's violence, burnt carbon and metallic sulfur, you know it if you've smelled it, lingered over the city. Then came the news. And Salvador Allende dies. A witness claims he took his own life with an AK-47 given to him by Fidel Castro, but no one really knows. As quick and violent as the coup had been, its brutality was nothing compared to what was about to happen. In the days following the coup, soldiers rounded up thousands of Chileans. Workers, students, politicians, and artists were arrested and imprisoned. In the fall of 1973, it was dangerous to be a supporter of Salvador Allende. Military death squads roamed the country. Chileans were arrested en masse, imprisoned, killed. In Santiago, bodies floated in the currents of the Mapocho River each morning, victims of killings the night before. The U.S. raced to recognize the new ruling military junta, led by General Augusto Pinochet. Samuel Galvez remembers the confusion and horror each day brought and the desperation people felt trying to stay alive. Suspicion was everywhere. Chileans were forced to whisper to each other, hoping to glean any shred of information about a missing neighbor or family member. Hey, do you know that guy who used to live at that corner? The Secret Service came and took it, and we don't know what's going on. That's the issue, the main issue. Among the many who were arrested in the days after September 11th, was the famous Chilean folk singer, Victor Hara. His hands were smashed. His interrogators mocked him. They demanded he play the guitar with his mangled fingers. Hara, defiant until the end, instead sang a Chilean protest song at the top of his lungs. Hara's body, riddled with bullet wounds, was dumped and displayed outside a sports arena. Stadiums throughout the country overflowed with prisoners, their lights always on, the screams piercing. The U.S.-backed regime didn't even try to hide what was happening. The military government in Chile said today it executed six so-called extremists over the weekend and promised the same fate for others. And thousands of people out of favor with the new regime are being held prisoner in a stadium. That stadium, Estadio Nacional, home to La Roja, was packed with so-called subversives. There, the military junta tortured and killed anyone deemed to be an enemy of the state. Even Chile's famous soccer players went into hiding. 
afraid their long hair and mustaches would brand them as radicals. Leonardo Valise, one of La Roja's captains, spent days trying to track down an uncle who had been taken to the stadium, while the team's doctor, Alfonso Reyes, was brutally tortured for his communist beliefs. Hugo Lepe, a retired player and leader of an important soccer union, disappeared. Other players like Carlos Cazilli would spend months trying to free family members. Foreigners were also rounded up. Among the thousands taken to the stadium, two British men, Richard Barber and Adrian Jansen. I saw quite a lot of brutality. You could see people kneeling, long row of people kneeling, with their legs widespread, with their hands high above their heads. One of these men, or two or three of these men were collapsing. As they collapsed, they were beaten or kicked or, or trampled on to, to get them up again. In the worst example I saw was about eight men coming in, one by one, to urinate. And after that, they were gun-butted very heavily into the back, into the shoulders, and into the stomach and ribs by carabineros. We saw one of these men next day in the cell. They seemed to have been very heavily worked over. Barbara and Jansen were released shortly after the coup, traumatized but alive. After more than a century, Chilean democracy was far less fortunate. With American help, Marxism had been defeated there, but so had democracy. In Chile, democracy had become a casualty of the Cold War between the eagle and the bear. As the world watched the violence and a once vibrant democracy crumble, Chile's national soccer team La Roja was preparing for one of its most important matches in decades. In a twist of fate, La Roja was set to play the Soviet Union, no longer a friend and now a political foe. Their match would decide the final spot in the 1974 FIFA World Cup. But after seeing the carnage across Chile, the Soviets threatened to boycott the game, demanding FIFA move the match away from the stadium that was still dripping with blood. Why didn't FIFA listen? The answer to that question is a stain on the organization as the lords of soccer cast their lot with Pinochet giving the dictator the one thing he wanted most of all. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The National Stadium is a horrific place to be. The prisoners, you can see some of them on the bleachers. Blood, urine, and God only knows what else. Stain the walls and floors. Moaning, crying. The crackling sound of electricity echoed down the long corridors until it was drowned out by the screams. Ear-piercing, guttural. The sound someone makes when they're hit again and again and again with 15,000 volts from a cattle prod. The lights in the makeshift prison cells were always on. So too were the lights in the stadium. With their hands tied behind their backs, the prisoners sat there day and night, listening to the sounds of torture from the benches they once sat in to cheer on Chile's national soccer team. The prisoners being held in Estadio Nacional were accustomed to seeing soldiers in their crisp green uniforms with a little black patch on their left chest declaring Army of Chile and their rifles. The prisoners knew all too well what the strike from the butt of a rifle felt like. They were also familiar with the journalists who were regularly paraded through the makeshift prison. But who were these men? What were they doing inspecting the grass pitch? few prisoners tried to call out from underneath the bleachers, Ayudanos! Ayudanos! They pleaded for help. The well-dressed soccer officials didn't stay long and left without making eye contact. The men were a small group of FIFA officials who had traveled to Chile to inspect the pitch at Estadio Nacional. The fierce international debate about the final World Cup qualifying match between Chile and the Soviet Union had been raging for weeks. Here again, Brenda Elsie, The Soviets refused to play in the stadium, citing all of the reasons. Our comrades have just been tortured and killed in the stadium. We do not want to legitimize this government. And they refused to play. 
Reports of the torture and abuse have been circulating in Western press and among soccer officials for weeks. Italian powerhouse Inter Milan had even canceled a friendly match with Chile because of the violence. FIFA saw what was happening and went ahead anyways. Elsie was granted access to FIFA's archives for her own research. FIFA 100% knows what's going on. They are getting dozens of letters every day from different people within football organizations, from club members, from citizens, from people that were in exile throughout Europe, throughout the world, writing to FIFA to say, please don't legitimize this government. Please don't play this match. Legitimacy is exactly what the military junta craved. Recognition from the gringos in Washington and London wasn't enough. Pinochet wanted, no, he needed global respect. And who better than the lords of soccer, the captains of the World Cup, to bless his new regime? He sends the team with a letter to go to the 1974 World Cup to Basically, the letter's intention is to assure everyone that things are wonderful and peaceful in Chile and that they're open for business. FIFA's then-president Stanley Rouse might have believed soccer could be pure, free of world politics, a sanctuary from the Cold War. But there was no avoiding the brutality of the Pinochet regime. To play a match in Santiago, in Estadio Nacional, would be to ignore the violence of the coup, to sanction it. The Soviets, no strangers to political violence themselves, offered FIFA a way out. They requested the game be moved to a neutral country. This surprised and irritated Rouse. FIFA ran the World Cup, not its member nations, and certainly not the communists over in Moscow. Privately, many European countries also argued the match should be moved. Rouse relented, but only a bit. In the days before the match was set to kick off, Rouse promised to send a delegation to Santiago to investigate the claims that Estadio Nacional was unfit to host a World Cup qualifier. This is the same Stanley Rouse who investigated the South African apartheid regime and concluded it wasn't racist. Those guys inspecting the grass pitch, the FIFA officials prisoners called out to, these were those guys. Here's British soccer writer Stu Horsfield and historian Brenda Elsie to explain what those officials saw and ignored. The delegation are actually made to wait two days by the Chilean authorities while they, well, while they clear out the stadium for the FIFA visit. They clear out the stadium, literally have to hose the blood off of the walls and other, you know, human excrement and everything else. With most of the prisoners relocated to another torture site, the few that remained were held at gunpoint and after crying out, ordered to stay quiet. The FIFA visit takes place while there's dissidents down in the bowels of the changing rooms, right at the bowels of the stadium. FIFA look at the pitch, they look at the stands, and that's as much as they do. And they see nothing. There's political prisoners who are about probably going to lose their lives, probably not 100 yards away, but it's because it's not looked for or because they don't want to look for it, it, it's not seen, it's not communicated back. FIFA's inspection lasted less than 20 minutes. Somehow they didn't notice what was happening or they didn't care. And they declared Estadio Nacional fit for competition. So FIFA sends a communique back to Stanley Rouse. Everything's okay. The game should go ahead. 
It lands at the feet of a particular delegate named Rene Court. His quotation at that time was when asked about Chile was, quote, we are not concerned with politics or what regimes are ruling a country. End of quote. Raus issued an ultimatum to the Soviet Union. Play or forfeit. How could they defy him? Nobody walks away from a spot in the World Cup. And as is so often the case in such matters, FIFA claimed to be above politics, not to be taking sides. But in the issuing of that ultimatum, it took the side of a ruthless dictator. Even in 1973, they still refuse to accept that politics has a part to play. And they mandate that the game goes ahead, but the Soviet Union don't travel. Moscow said no. I know you don't want to give too many props to the Soviet Union in this period when it is itself committing crimes and human rights abuses, but this decision is a good one. It's the right one. And they withdraw. But FIFA decreed a game must be played. A goal must be scored. As if the history books could somehow be deceived and the torture chambers just erased. Once the game goes ahead and there's a scoreline, Technically, it's a footnote in the World Cup qualifying campaign. It's not a result that needs explaining with an asterisk. It's a, it's a football result. And that's how FIFA wanted their game to be and the qualifying nature of the World Cup to be. At the end of the day, FIFA, by refusing to take sides, had given Pinochet its blessing. And that's all he really ever wanted. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Section 8 at Estadio Nacional. The warped wooden benches stand out like a battered ship and a sea of red modern seats. A rusted-out metal fence surrounds them. It almost looks like it could fall at any minute. At first glance, Section 8 seems so out of place. Did they run out of money while they were doing construction? Did they forget to finish the job? But it isn't a mistake. They sat in those benches. The sons, the daughters, the brothers the sisters, mothers, and fathers who were held prisoner, tortured, and murdered in Estadio Nacional in the fall of 1973. Chileans have never forgotten what took place there, and they've never forgotten the game FIFA made them play. It's something that really, not just that match, but that era is kind of left out of conversation many a times. Here again, journalist John Gonzalez. There's such a passion of soccer in my family, but I can be honest, I've never heard anyone discuss that match. It's hurtful. And I I really, anytime I talk to a Chilean about it, whether it be a family member or a friend, you can tell that it's definitely something, I don't know if embarrassment is the right word, but I guess shame. There's a lot of shame around that incident. Today, no matter how exciting, no matter how amped up a crowd is for a game, that haunting monument, those warped wooden benches behind the North Goal, are there. Always there. The ghosts that never leave. Chileans don't have to speak of the horrors to remember them. That is really a stain. It's a black eye. And I think it's because that incident was beyond soccer. And while FIFA would like the world to forget its involvement, its decision, its ultimatum, Samuel Galvez says the pain can't be erased. What can I say? Try to uh, forget the circumstances. It's like uh, somebody kill your mother and say, uh, forget it. When it comes to FIFA's part in this, maybe it's fair to pin this all on Stanley Rouse a British colonialist who saw the world through the eyes of white Victorian privilege. But five years later, FIFA faced a similar dilemma, another moral test of what it means to promote the beautiful game to an eager world. And that decision, made in Argentina in 1978, wasn't made by Rouse. FIFA had a chance to do better, and it absolutely failed. That's coming up next on The Lords of Soccer. 
The Lords of Soccer, How FIFA Stole the Beautiful Game, is an Inside Voices media production in conjunction with iHeartRadio. The series was written and executive produced by Gary Scott and me, Connor Powell. Special thanks to Giselia Rossi for helping me with the trickiest of the Brazilian names. If I screwed up, it's on me, not her. Logan Heftel and Katie McMurrin provided the sound design with assistance from J.C. Swadek and Jake Bluno. Alec Cowan is our associate producer, and Jeffrey Katz was our story editor. Our fact checker is Alexa O'Brien. And thanks to Miles Gray, who produced this series for iHeartRadio. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Connor M. Powell, and Gary is at Gary Robert Scott. And if you have any stories about FIFA, let us know. If you like what you hear, please give us a shout out at the hashtag Lords of Soccer. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.